Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode number 73. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're doing well. Today on the show, we have the segment, What's on My Mind? Now in this segment, in case you're not familiar, this is where I get to rant or talk about a particular topic. So along with that, we're also going to look at an article in the Process Magazine. But before we get into that, I just want to say a few things. First and foremost, Happy Sterilization Week. As the week winds down, I just wanted to say thank you for your contributions to the sterile processing community and to the profession. Thank you for all the hard work that you do every day. I hope that you have felt appreciated this week, but if not, just know that everyone at HSPA appreciates you for who you are and what you do every day. So thank you. And then last, you know I've got to, I've got to talk about early bird registration. Early bird registration is now open for Nashville, the conference and expo in May. So early bird pricing will be available starting right now until January 31st, 2023. So if you're like me, you had better purchase that early bird registration now because once Thanksgiving rolls around, all my money goes to Christmas. And then afterwards, I'm feeling all the regrets of spending too much money on Christmas. So register now. Start saving now for the Nashville Annual Conference and Expo, May 6th through the 10th. You can find all the registration information that you need on the myhspa.org website. And now it's time for What's on My Mind. What's on my mind? So again... This segment is my rant or something that I find interesting that I want to talk to you about. So in a few minutes or so, we are going to talk about an article found in the Process magazine that discusses Kerrison Rogers. But this article reminded me of a situation that happened. And I'm pretty sure some of you out there may have had similar experiences, maybe a different outcome or hopefully a different outcome. So we've all had, uh, you know, situations, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but at least for me, there are a few situations in life where I wish that I could have changed the outcome or maybe done something a little bit different. And every now and then I think about those situations. So, Some of you, maybe you missed that chance to talk to your high school crush, or maybe you missed the winning catch in the big rival game. 
Not sure why I instantly reverted to high school, but there you go. Now there is one instance that I wanted to share with you that involves Karis and Rongers. A long time ago, long, long time ago, in a land far, far away, right around the time when Take Apart Karis and Rongers were really becoming relevant in my world. So the facility that I worked at used kerosens, uh, and these didn't come apart. In fact, the ends of the kerosens that we used were welded. You know, it used to be that some had little screws that held the instrument together. Some of the older kerosens that screw, you could remove to disassemble the instrument. You know, this it wasn't really one of those pieces that was designed to re be removed for every cleaning, but it was one of those where it could be occasionally removed, usually with the help of a third-party repair company. Um, but the kind that we had, they were fused or welded. So, you know, the the gliding pieces in the, the shaft, you couldn't be removed at all. Well, at that time, we, well, the royal we, or I, we, thought we were cleaning rongers like we were supposed to using the IFUs. We thought we were cleaning the instrument to the best of our knowledge. It was right around this time that the infection prevention report came out and the IP in the IP meeting there showed an uptick in infections in spine procedures. Right? So uh, red flags, right? Anytime you have an uptick in infections you know, we're generally concerned about it. Uh, so we thought, hey, maybe there's a connection between these rongeurs and infections. So the next time the repair vendor truck came by, uh, we decided to take all of our rongeurs out of the sets, have them cleaned, have them sharpened while they were there. And again, just to stress, these were not the take apart uh, type of rongeurs or kerosens in order to access the track, you know, that gliding track on these rongeurs, essentially what you had to do, and I don't recommend this, but essentially you had to get a screwdriver or a chisel or something. You jam it between and then kind of twist a little bit of those sliding components to separate them. And that gave you some access. Now, again, it, it's not great access, but it gave you some access to allow you to help clean or see in between those gliding pieces. Now the repair folks came back, you know, once they had the instruments, they, they did their cleaning, did their inspection, they came back and they said, you know, we, we want to show you something. And you know when you hear that, it's always a good sign, right? And if you can't tell, I'm being sarcastic. We want to show you something. Well, you know, they were able to clean some, but there were others, other kerosens that they had concerns with. And so what they did is they asked me, you know, could they disassemble a few of these kerosens because they, they felt that there were some real concerns with the instrument. Now, you know, again, these were welded ends. And so dismantling essentially meaning they couldn't put the instrument back together. They were going to damage it. Uh, it wasn't going to be usable after they were finished. So I said, go ahead. And they dismantled the instrument. 
and I was appalled at what I found. What they found, what we found. There's just dried, caked on blood lining the gliding track of these instruments, right? So, you know, if you've ever used the kerosene or a ranger, you squeeze the handle and the, the track slides back and forth, giving you that cutting action on the, the uh, distal end, right? Um, but it has that track to glides back and forth. Well, blood, body fluid, who knows what else, you know, gets inside that track. And it was just baked on there. So, as you can imagine, we had a real problem on our hands, right? We had an instrument that we thought was completely cleaned and ready for sterilization, but the inside was contaminated with bio burden, you know, probably biofilm at this point. You know, what were we going to do next? And one of the biggest problems was is some of this blood and, and biofluid is so caked on that the instrument actually was sliding correctly. You couldn't even tell. You know, again, unless you're jamming a screwdriver in, twisting it open, you know, partly damaging the instrument. So some very real concerns. So what to do next? Well, you know, we took pictures. We took some examples of what we found and we approached leadership. We explained the situation. And, you know, leadership agreed, hey, this is an issue. So what they, they allowed us to start looking for viable replacements. Kerosens that could be disassembled and actually cleaned. So we brought in five or six different samples, different companies of take apart instruments for the surgeons to try. Uh, we explained the reasoning behind the trial to each of the the surgeons and you know I would really like to say at this point that the entire project was a complete success you know we identified a potential source of infection we were able to replace the kerosens and we lived happily ever after but the sad truth is that is that I can't uh, there is no happy ending to this story and that's because there were some surgeons who were on board and who were willing to make the change. They saw the evidence behind it, but there were some surgeons who were not on board and they found issues with every set of new kerosens that were introduced. And there came a point where one surgeon actually told me, he said, stop giving me these instruments. Give me the instruments that I always use. That's what I want to use. Now, I understand from his point of view that this is what he was used to, right? This is what he needed to perform uh, the delicate procedure that he was doing. But that still doesn't mean it was right. And then at one point, another point, I was told to go ahead and just stop the trial and to clean the kerosens that the best that I could. Some very scary words, right? I think there are a lot of us out there. I think there are a lot of you out there who do the very best that you can. You strive to do what's best for 
the patient and then we experience these type of roadblocks, right? At some point we run into situations where the person who brings in the money has the last word. Not in every situation, but I know it does happen out there. I think there are just times when we, and I mean, when I say we, I mean in sterile processing, that we do the very best that we can with what we have. And when we have exhausted all resources, at some point, then the organization has to take on that responsibility. You know, the, you, you can no longer take on that responsibility. And I, I know that a lot of you out there have been in these situations. You know, my best advice in these type of situations is just to document. Do your best, do your absolute best, and then document. Document everything, everything that happens, everything you tried. Because there are going to be times out there that you're going to be asked to stop. But the reality is that sometimes you lose. Sometimes I lose. Sometimes we lose. But don't go down without a fight. You know, do the very best that you can. Try to exhaust all of your resources. Do everything you can. Again, I wish that this was a success story. I wish that we could have changed everything. But sometimes you just do the very best that you can do. You know, so when I look back on this, I don't have regrets. You know, when you look back on something in 20 years from now, don't look back and say, man, I wish I could have done this. I could have done this better. Do the best you can now, just like you always do. Be the sterile processing professional that you are. So that's all I have for you today on What's On My Mind. All right, so as promised, you know, this is the article that kind of uh, inspired the What's On My Mind segment. And this article is Kerosene Rungers, Different Types, How They Are Used, and How to Clean, Inspect, and Test. Now, there's some learning objectives for this one, and it's identify the types of procedures where kerosene rongeurs are used, identify the different types of kerosene rongeurs, and then explain how to clean, inspect, and test kerosene rongeurs. Surgical instruments used in the operating room of any healthcare facility are among the facility's biggest asset. Instruments must be properly cleaned, inspected, and disinfected or sterilized prior to each medical or surgical procedure. Making sure surgical instruments are in proper working condition and well-maintained is not only necessary to ensure patient safety, but it also maximizes the hospital's investment and preserves instrument life. Kerosene rongeurs play an essential role in many surgical procedures. Although these devices appear simple in design, they are actually quite complex. This article identifies how and where kerosene rongeurs are used and how they should be cleaned, inspected, and tested.
Objective 1. Identifying the types of procedures where kerosene rongers are used. Kerosene rongers are important surgical tools used for removing bone, ligament, cartilage, and tissue in many specialties, most often in neurological, spine, and orthopedic surgeries. These instruments are commonly referred to as bone punches. It is imperative that kerosene rongers cut cleanly and are clean and sharp for every procedure. Most frequently, kerosene rongers are used for the following procedures. Laminectomy, laminoplasty, lumbar inner body fusion, spinal surgery procedures, spinal decompression surgery. Spinal decompression surgeries use a longer shaft kerosene while shorter shaft versions are generally used for cervical procedures and ear, nose, and throat surgery. Objective 2. Identify the different types of kerosene rongeurs. There are different types of kerosene rongeurs available in the marketplace today. They include non-detachable. These instruments remain intact and have no parts designed to be removed for processing. Semi-detachable, these are designed to be partially disassembled for processing. The top part of the slide shaft opens, but does not detach for cleaning. And then detachable, these types disassemble into two parts. Now this article does have some uh, photos that clearly define some of the, the different types of rongeurs. So if you have the process, go look that up in the process magazine. This is issue um, September, October. It's where you can find this article. And then specialty. So these include bayonet, curve, or laminectomy openings. Today's detachable kerosene rongers offer surgeons, operating room personnel, and sterile processing technicians notable benefits. Some of those benefits are easy disassembly and more efficient cleaning, which improves patient safety. Now, depending on the procedure, there are two main types of kerosene rongers used in surgery, standard foot plate and thin foot plate version. Thin foot plate kerosene rongers are used exclusively for removing small portions of bone and soft tissue. The type of kerosene ronger a surgeon chooses depends on the location of the bone or the tissue being grasped. Kerosene rongers are manufactured in different jaw degrees, with the most popular being 40 degree and 90 degree. Other jaw degrees include 110 and 130, and newer designs include 360 rotating and pneumatic powered versions. Kerosene rongers come in upward or downward biting patterns. Most are available in a variety of lengths from 7 to 11 inches and jaw widths from 1 to 6 millimeters. Note it is important for sterile processing technicians to pay attention to the requested angle of the device in each set because a footplate of a different angle 
may not be appropriate for the surgical procedure being performed. In recent years, some manufacturers have begun making kerosene rongeurs with ejector pins that are placed within the distal portion of the shaft and designed to collect debris, keeping it from backing into the shaft. The debris ejects when the handle is released. Objective 3 How to Clean, Inspect, and Test Kerosene Rongeurs All kerosene rongeurs are difficult to clean, so careful attention is required throughout the cleaning process. It is important to disassemble any device that was designed for disassembly. The slide shaft is the most difficult area to clean. Therefore, special care and diligent adherence to the manufacturer's instructions for use are essential steps in ensuring this area is properly and thoroughly cleaned. The ejector pin, when applicable, should be carefully cleaned with care taken not to puncture the technician's glove during the process. Note, it is important to follow the IFUs, the instructions for use, for each type of kerosene rongeur as each design has its own cleaning instructions. During the cleaning process, it is helpful to use a lighted magnifying device to ensure Kerosene rongeurs are free of bio burden. Sterile processing technicians should check that all hinges, springs, and screw areas are clean and intact. After carefully manual preparation, most kerosene rongeurs can be cleaned using mechanical equipment. After careful manual preparation, most kerosene rongeurs can be cleaned using mechanical equipment. If allowed by the instructions for use, the use of an ultrasonic cleaner prior to the use of a washer disinfector can aid in cleaning the device's hard-to-reach areas. Visual inspection following decontamination, kerosene rongeurs need to be visually inspected for cleanliness and proper working condition. This helps ensure patient safety and surgeon satisfaction. During the inspection process, it is important to check each rongeur for cleanliness. If residue is found anywhere on the instrument, including the footplate or sliding part, return the device to the decontamination area for recleaning. Alignment. The top and bottom part of the shaft should align along the entire shaft, including the footplate. Missing or loose parts, such as screws, ejector pins, and springs, should all be firmly in place and functional. Pitting and stains. Pitted devices should be removed from service and sent for repair. If the device is stained, the reason for the stain should be identified and the stain should be removed. If unable to remove the stain, the instrument should be sent for repair. Nicks or cracks. Kerosene rongeurs with nicks or cracks anywhere on the device should be removed from service and sent for repair. Bent foot plates. Devices with bent or damaged foot plates need to be removed from service and sent for repair.
function testing, the inspection process also includes function testing. The surface, screws, jaws, action, and sharpness should be assessed, including inspection for cracks or broken springs. Sterile processing technicians should check the foot plate to confirm the instrument is not abnormally bent upward or downward, cutting edge for deformities and misalignment, sliding parts for deformities, tightness of the screw and confirm that there's no slacking noted when the instrument is in use, springs for damage, ejector pins when applicable to ensure they are secure in place. As noted, it is imperative that kerosene rungers remain sharp so they can easily cut through bone. To perform a cutting test, use a standard business card or equivalent type of paper stock as testing material. The kerosene runger should easily cut the test material. Two-thirds of the cutting edge must punch through the test material smoothly without tearing. The test material must be completely removed from the jaw of the punch when the instrument opens. Each kerosene ronger should be lubricated in accordance with its instructions for use, including the type of lubricant to be used and the proper areas of the device to lubricate. If the kerosene ronger in the test passes visual inspection and function testing and are confirmed in good working condition, sterile processing technicians can move forward with the packaging and sterilizing of the instrument. Repair options. Remove kerosene rongers from the set in service and send for repair if the device fails the function test, the foot plate is bent, the cutting edges on the foot plate or sliding parts are worn or otherwise compromised, nicks are present in the cutting edge, springs are defective, screws are loose, ejector pens are missing. There is evidence of pitting or stress cracks. If you encounter these issues, consult a device manufacturer for repair and preventive maintenance programs to keep the instruments in good working condition. Doing so supports patient safety and contributes to customer satisfaction. Depending on the manufacturer's IFUs, multiple repair options may be available, including a mobile on-site repair service, in-house repair service, or shipping the product back to the manufacturer for repair. In conclusion, in all surgical settings, it is imperative that instruments are in proper working condition. All members of the surgical team who touch or use the instrumentation play a vital role in keeping these devices safe for patient use. Kerosene rongers are important instruments that are complex and difficult to clean. Each requires careful attention to ensure it's properly cleaned, inspected for bio burden and damage, and tested. If any issues are detected with an instrument, it should be removed from rotation and repaired or replaced. So that is going to do it 
for this article. Again, you can find this article and the images that go with it in the September-October 2022 issue of The Process Magazine. HSPA, that music can mean only one thing, and that means that we are out of time for today. Episode 73 is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. Again, I hope that you have had an awesome sterile processing week. Again, thank you for all that you do. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, log on to your MyHSPA website, make sure that you use the code STERILIZATIONWEEK. Again, the code for this particular episode is STERILIZATIONWEEK. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode, always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. And as always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time.